Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. Hey, patrons, it's me. Uh, just sitting down uh, to record an episode with thee. Uh, yada, yada, ye, funny, funny fee. Uh, that all rhymes with uh, K-N-E-E, which stands for Nindy. Uh, thanks for supporting the show and me. Uh, I say with glee <laughs> and merrily, I pass it on. It, uh, hopefully I'll pass some sleep on to thee. Thanks, patrons. Night. Uh, hey, you bump up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thinking, feeling, sensations, body, mind, uh, emotions, whatever's keeping you up. I'd like to take your mind off. I'd like to take you uh, by the hand or keep you company in the deep, dark night. And that's what I'm going to send my voice across. I'm going to use these lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. Yeah, you know, they were left out in the, you know, uh, they have a patina, rusty patina. My, my vocal, that was like a study, recent study I conducted. Uh, yeah, they said your, your vocal cords have a, a rusty patina to them. And I said, excellent. And then they sighed. Like a lot of people, uh, I think when I'm, if you have a clipboard, there's a lot of times you, uh, the clipboard's a good thing. Here's the thing. People planning on studying me for any purposes, scientific or, you know, whatever, uh, bring a clipboard. I think I usually recommend this for many different things. I learned, I think I learned all this from Fletch, uh, the movie Fletch. Uh, though I keep meaning to read the book. Uh, I think that's John McDonald is whose character that is. Uh, though I may be wrong, so I apologize. But um, what was I saying? Oh, if you're with me, like, uh, if you're not a trickster hero, if, like, uh, believe me, I'm not, but you would want one. It, it just helps you regulate your, your uh, regulate when you're with me, your your own internal things, so that it doesn't, you know, destroy, you know, the scientist, uh, uh, whatever, patient or whatever you're calling me, What's the thing when you're being watched as an experiment? Uh, that thing, you know, that's an important. I believe me, I violated it so many times. I was the first person to to use it. I was the first person to parlay a podcast into experiments with uh, uh, particle colliders, uh, and because I had done so many, like I was a hobbyist, I was a particle collider interrupter, a hobbyist, or particle accelerator, you know. And I used to mess around with that stuff till, uh, you know, 40% of my brain was launched past, like, Pluto or something. They said, I think, no, oh, no, that was a dream. But sometimes they get those things mixed up. But now that they, the, now that I'm accepted in the uh, particle accelerator collider industry, and I don't know, this is just like, like you know, everybody has their flaws. Now they'll do everything, they'll charge it all up, and then I always pull my head out of the way at the last minute. And they don't like that, especially because they say we're counting on dark matter within your brain to slow the particles down. You know, but that is like some people use their podcasts to parlay it into speaking engagements. 
I used it to, uh, I guess, burn all my bridges with uh, in the collider industry. Luckily, you know, dark matter's dark matter, so there's always going to be an underground particle collider scene. You know, <laughs> time space fabric being ripped. Like a, we'll, those us amateur particle collider accelerator people will show you. I don't know how did I get on a tangent to going. <laughs> this is like a it really. Uh, I've done the opposite of colliding particles. I've, like, gummed it up. Uh, uh, so, anyway, this if you're new here, that's kind of a demonstration. Like, I'll take a tangent that's barely interesting or a topic that you may be familiar with, and then, confuse. like, I'll be confused, and then I'll confuse you. This is all on purpose, believe me. Like, I know all, I know, like, all that stuff that I just said, I, I knew what I was doing the whole time. Of course, I know the difference between a particle collider and a particle accelerator, uh, like and that they're not interchangeable or that they are. You know, I'm I, like, uh, like I, that was all to, to put you to sleep. That's what this podcast is. If you're new, structurally, a little late to tell you this. So the whole, the whole idea of the podcast is uh, it takes your mind off stuff, but you don't really need to listen. I'm going to keep you company in the deep, dark night. I think I said that part. Uh, but you also are, shouldn't feel any pressure to fall asleep. I don't really put you to sleep so much as keep you company, you know, walk at your side chattering, uh, kind of engage you while you drift off into sleep. I, I'm merely uh, like a, I'm merely, you know, the dancing bear or whatever you want to call it uh, that's here for you. Structurally for the show, if you're new, like we start off with the business side of the show. Got to do that because it's a sleep podcast. Uh, then we have a long intro, which is the, the timestamps are in the show notes if you want to skip ahead to the uh, story. But the, the intro kind of sets the mood. It's familiar. So some people, it, like, you know, eases them down. Or they brush their teeth, like, uh, bomb their feet. Some people bomb their, uh, you know, like, I've thought about, but actually I have bombed my elbows. So, you know, you could do that. But that, so that's the intro. Then there's the podcast episode. Then there's some thank yous at the end of the show. And I guess that's it. I mean, uh, like as far as the structure goes, it's a, it's a structure like a, or maybe it's an order. I don't know if that's the structure of the order of the show. What if I wrote a book, Robert's Rules of Order for Particle Colliders and Accelerators, uh, your right brain, Robert's Rules of Orders for the Particle Accelerator and something, something, industry. You're right, because somebody's got to buy it. Uh, I tried making a living off these hobbyists, but they, like, uh, all they say is that I'm, like, just wasted. They say, like, they, they, you know, they say, uh, quit wasting our time. And I said, well, I said, I'm, I'm trying to, like, really, I'm a, I am don't want to suit, pump myself up, but, you know, I'm really here to protect the time-space, the fabric of the time-space continuum by wasting the time of all, you know, like, I'm going to end all, all particle collisions would end under my watch, which would probably not be good because there's probably a lot of necessary particle collisions. You know, I really don't know what I'm talking about. That's that's the, that's the truth. But it's but uh, I like to think of. I just like the idea. I don't know. Like, there's words that just fit this podcast: particle collider, even collider. Oh, you know, there's another word that looks like collider, co- co- uh, which means I think a solid, like when asphalt is in liquid form. 
I think it's called something colloidal. I think that's it. Yeah, like oatmeal is another thing. Like when you put oatmeal in, uh, in uh, what do you call that stuff? Like a bomb it will be looser than a bomb in a lotion. I think that's colloidal too. Maybe mispronouncing it, like like uh, and I don't know how that got on the subject. I just like in my head, I'm picturing trucks with that on there. I like looking at that on trucks when it says. Uh, Something, something colloidal on this truck. Uh, uh, sleep with me. The podcast made by a man who stares at trucks and like looks for words to distract him. And hence, like, who, who would have thought these things would come in barely useful? Like uh, driving around with slack jawed, looking. Uh, this is probably back when I was in the way back of the station wagon. You're just looking for any sort of distraction. Because that freaking, first of all, who came up with that freaking, uh, what is that, license plate game? Only a parent, and I mean, now I'm a parent, so I'm guilty, would come up with a game like that. Because really, unless you, I mean, it, it can be kind of fun. Like, but uh, mostly you really need to be in like a high, like somewhere that has a high um, number of tourist traffic. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be criticizing that game because I played it enough. Uh, but I mean, I guess it would be more boring to play like a game in a car where it's like, look for words that Scooter might go on tangents about. Who would have thought? Collo- I mean, I think if you listen to this podcast, you'd say colloidal. And you, whatever the proper pronunciation is, like you might say, well, I wonder how he would pronounce that. Here, that's a game. Sleep with me. The driving game. That puts the passengers to sleep. So drivers, you can't play this, but uh, you know, read, keep your eyes out on stuff, and uh, look for words that I may mispronounce. I think French language words are probably the most likely, because uh, it just seems like they they wreak havoc with me. Anyway, if you're new here, welcome. This is a podcast that puts you to sleep. Believe it or not, it's to take your mind off stuff to keep you company. I'm your boyfriend. I'm your boar bay, I'm your boar bud, I'm your boar cuz, whatever, your boar sib, just like we're your bunk bed boar buddy, your boar bestie. Yeah, just, I mean, this really the spirit of the podcast is like if we were in a set of bunk beds, and I think whether, you know, if you're comfortable on the top bunk, it's good to have my voice, you know, uh, whatever, just like the, the gummy matter in my brain, you know, like the bed, you know, kind of makes it comes through. I don't know any of those words. My vocabulary gets shortened when I need it. Uh, but so, like, you know, just like we're sharing a bunk bed and I'm, you say, I can't sleep. I said, don't worry about it. I got you covered. I'll be here. I'll be here for about an hour. I'll be talking. It'll be kind of like a story coming up. I don't even know. Like, it's Sunday it's actually the night before Labor Day when I'm recording this, and I said, "Well, let me try to record an episode of right now." It just folded laundry, and so that's it. I mean, this is a podcast to take your mind off stuff, to keep you company, and to put you asleep. And I'm glad you're here. I appreciate your time. I really hope I really yearned to help you fall asleep. All right, thanks for coming by. All right, hey, everybody. So tonight we're going to be talking, it's interesting, uh, sometimes real life and uh, intersects in a fun you know, way that makes it for a perfect podcast episode, well, ideally, but it, like boring and meandering, believe me. So I'm going to talk about uh, horseback riding, which I never, like, and honestly, when I've sketched out all the ideas for the show, 
Now I'll probably say, well, you did actually three episodes about horse riding scoots. I say, okay, I forgot those, but I didn't think I'd ever be talking about horseback riding. I'm not a ho- I don't know if you call yourself a horser. Before I start rambling, though, I want to pitch you something. There's a podcast network called Horse Radio Network, and it's run by a wonderful person. I call him the Santa Claus of podcasting, Glenn the Geek uh, Heberts. And I'm probably pronouncing, I just call him Glenn the Geek, but he, like, uh, and that's a loving term. But the Horse Radio Network is the voice of the horse world, a premier online radio network for horse lovers worldwide with shows to satisfy all equine tastes. Uh, it has over 6,000 episodes across a ton of different podcasts for horse people that love horses. And the key to Horse Radio Network is fun. This is just a free, like, supporting someone that's good for podcasting. So I just want to put that out there, too. Like, uh, I'm all about supporting other podcasters, especially people like Glenn. He always has a smile on his face. Uh, we believe that uh, people own horses for fun and entertainment. Why else would you put up with the early morning feedings, the stall cleaning, vet bills, trips to shows, empty bank accounts, and everything else that comes with being a horse owner? Our goals with these shows is to help your chores go a little faster and to put a smile on your face. So, like, just a couple of things about podcasting, like, is, like, uh, only what other industry could you have a show, a network of shows around a subject people love? That's one of the things that got me into podcasting. It wasn't Horse Radio Network, but it was, like, a long time ago, like, listening to shows like Coverville, or shows like Scott Sigler, and then shows by b- b- comedians like Ricky Gervais, Dawn and Drew. But also there was these even smaller shows, and I listened to this one, kind of where Ray sprung out of, of guys talking about theme parks. It was just uh, five guys sitting around talking about theme parks. And I just, like, that's one of the things I love about podcasting. They call it niching. I'm trying to push for a different term, and niching. I believe it's more of a Venn diagram thing, but it, like uh, just a wonderful thing. So check out if you're a horse lover or if you found your way here from the Horse Radio Network, because believe it or not, Glenn has a pony named Scooter. And at some point I plan on visiting him and doing a podcast about the pony named Scooter. Uh, so like, uh, so, but if you're a horse lover, because after this, you, you'll, you'll know that like I'm an animal lover and a horse lover uh, but in a different way than actual horse, like people that own horses would be. I'm more of a horse appreciator, you'll find out. Uh, so check that out. I just want to get that out there because I know probably a, a decent proportion of my audience are lovers of horses and like maybe horse ride. Like I, I mean, I've seen some people riding horses in their profile pics on Twitter. So I'm say, I say, well, it's clearly... So let's get into this, the horseback ride. And let me just, just set this up for you. Uh, check out Horse Radio Network. That was one thing. I, I, I do the uh, structure of these on my fingertips. That's my pinky. And then I'll just talk about my relationship with horseback riding. I don't know how long that'll take. Not very long. And then we'll talk about my, like I recently, like two, two days ago, three days ago, went on a horseback ride on Labor Day. When this episode comes out, probably be way after that, but. Uh, just to kind of set the mood to you. And I also linked to the stables where I went horseback riding because I highly suggest it, and they were wonderful people at the stables. You know, they didn't know I was a sleep podcaster, but, 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 but uh, you know, they, 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 they did deal with the full scoots, uh, and, uh, and they did a pretty good job with dealing with the full scoots. 
So here's the horseback. My mom actually grew up on a farm, and I did not. And as to my knowledge, I've been as an adult, I've only been on two horseback rides. That was my second horseback ride this week. Is that what it's called, horseback ride? I think I prefer to call it a horsey ride, but I think that's when you get on your parents' back. And then there's pony rides where the ponies kind of just go in a circle. I did have, before the horseback ride, ride I did talk to a pony uh, that was set up for pony rides. And I did prefer, I said, I prefer a mule or burrow or a pony. And I didn't really like it, like want to go on the horseback ride. One, because, you know, to do that, you have to leave your house. And, you know, I got podcast stuff to do. And two, you'll kind of see, like, uh, like and, and maybe a lot of people can relate to this. Ideally, you'll be drifting off in a dreamland. But, like, a little stealth anxiety, like, comes up for me. And so, like, and I talk, I guess I talked about that in a different way, like with my relationship with canoes. My relationship with horseback riding and canoes isn't that different. I guess they're both the things that you ride. Though a canoe, except the new ones I deal with, aren't alive. Horses are living beings. Uh, so let me take you back. I'm trying to think if I did any horse, like rode, ridden, rode any horses as a kid. But when you have six kids... Horseback riding is probably not an option. I may have rode a pony. Uh, was that Billy Idol saying about that? Rock the pony? Something like that. Or maybe I just get the lyrics mixed up. Uh, or maybe it was a double entendre. I guess probably was. But uh, I guess maybe I went on a pony ride once or twice. But I can't. I mean, I did pin the tail on the donkey. One time I did that, I cheated. I'll tell you all right now. No, maybe I didn't cheat. I think one time I won it uh, at a birthday party when I was under six years old, and I didn't cheat, uh, but I was accused of cheating. But it was pretty far down, and I was pretty proud of myself, and that was like, uh, so, holy cow, we're already off topic here. So horseback riding, to me, like, it's just not something, like, I would even ever think to do. And usually, like, it involves, like, uh, I don't know, even before the podcast, I didn't, like, I don't like to go do stuff, uh, like, unless I'm planning it. I don't like to do things that I'm not in control of. And so uh, my ex, who was my girlfriend at the time, the last time was probably 12 to 15 years ago, maybe even, yeah, probably 15 years ago that we went horseback riding and that horseback riding experience in this one were very, they weren't mirror images of each other because they were like near duplicates. So they weren't, uh, but they, I guess they mirrored each other. And I guess I'm outing myself. So I will probably be on a horseback ride if I go see Glenn and maybe I'll be on a pony ride. I prefer to just, uh, you know, give Scooter the pony a bath or talk to Scooter than ride a, a horse. Though I didn't have a negative experience, so so I want to set that up for you. So, so, but this is just like giving you this the, the, the Scoots background, so you can kind of say, well, I guess I can kind of relate to that. Uh, so, going a horseback riding is usually something like uh, you do in a dating situation, and uh, so, so obviously my options were limited in general. And then I have my ornery attitude and my, like, uh, curmudgeonly attitude and my avoidant attitude. But so, whatever, like, 15 years ago I went, and 
probably begrudgingly, which, you know, probably should have had more. And it was a bit like I do. The good thing about anything I do is that even back then, before I had a podcast, still made for stories uh, to make people laugh. Because that's like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know how those things are connected, being a curmudgeon, but desiring to tell silly stories to make people laugh. Yeah, but I remember we went to the, like this stable in the East Bay Hills, and it was kind of a day of thing because she knew she had to talk me into it, and that I wouldn't want to go, and I'm sure it was important to her. And I said, "Okay, like, like it probably didn't even say okay. I said like I have to do this, basically, right? Okay, so let's go." And so the things I remember about that, I don't remember my horse's name. I remember my horse was ornery, and. Like, uh, I think it'd be better when I talk about mostly getting on the horse with this situation, uh, cause it's so fresh. Uh, but I just remember my horse wasn't a good, like, uh, w- was nice. And, uh, the, the, the young woman who was helping me at the horse, this was 15 years ago. It was like, the horse was very special to her. And she said, whatever you do, like this horse is like, she said, you can squeeze the horse with your legs, you know, if you want the horse to move, but don't do any more than that. And I said, I have no interest in like, no, I don't, I don't even want to squeeze the horse. Whatever the horse wants to do, I'm fine with it. As long as it involves just standing around or walking like a a few feet, that's fine with me. Anything more count? Like, does this horse just want to graze? Because I'm into that. I'm into horseback grazing. And my horse did want to do a lot of that. And I think, I don't know how many people were on this horseback ride. And it was fairly uneventful, other than that my horse stopped a lot to eat grass. And then they would say, well, you got to pull the reins. And I said, no, no, this, I don't want to put the horse in a bad mood. I'm not pulling any reins. And they say, you got to guide the horse. And I said, okay, I don't like it. So that, that was the last time I went horseback riding. And it was still pleasant. The East Bay Hills are beautiful. There's a lot of wonderful scents and flowers and buzzing insects and great views. So that was then. Now, at this point in my life, I have a daughter. And, of course, like, I don't want to be like my daughter loves horses, and she's never been on a horseback ride. She loves animals. And she's saddled with a father that, like, uh, loves animals and stuff but doesn't like uh, leaving the house. uh, And it's very curmudgeonly. So I think she's harbored this dream of going to, to, to horseback riding. Luckily, she has a mother who's pretty well-adjusted, much more well-adjusted than I am. So with the long weekend, like, they had decided to go horseback riding, and they invited me to go along. And one of her cousins, like, uh, one of her mom's cousins was there who owned horses as a kid, uh, like a cousin Sarah. And so... Uh, they said, well, geez, we're going to go horseback riding. Do you want to come? And I said, well, let, let me think about it. My daughter said, please, Dad, please, 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 you know. And I said, uh. And then I kind of agreed to it. But then I was like, really, like, I don't think it's Labor Day. Like, I don't, they're not going to have any horses. Uh, and they weren't answering their phone. So I really, I feel bad about this. But I had my fingers crossed that they wouldn't have any horses. And maybe I crossed my too many fingers because that didn't go like, uh, and they said, well, they're not answering your phone. Are you sure you want to drive all the way out there? And it was out like near Ocean Beach in San Francisco. And so if you go to San Francisco and you decide you want a beautiful views of the bluffs and the beach and the ocean, a little bit away from the city, but really close to the city. 
like like just minutes from Golden Gate Park if you have a car, but you could probably Uber there or Lyft there. Um, just past the zoo, uh, there's this stables. I don't know what it's called, but I'll link to it in the show notes. It's probably the only stables there. And, you know, I did want to back, I did think about backing out. And I said, well, maybe I won't go. And then my daughter said, come on, Dad, please, please. You know, I said, okay, like for you, anything, except that I'll still be grouchy about it. And, and so we got there. And, of course, they had tons of, I said, because everybody's at Burning Man. The whole Bay Area empties out for Burning Man. So, of course, they had horses. And so we get there and we check in and they, they were very friendly and they said, okay, like, you know, you could like put, put on some headgear. And I was talking, I was making small talk with the pony and there was a nice dog there. You really can't have like a stables without a dog and a cat and a, like a, a kind, but seemingly mangy dog. And then a cat, when the cat was staring at something a lot of the time uh, but those are key elements for a good stables. And this is like, it's just so funny when you get to go to places and it's like right, uh, this isn't a particularly urban area because it's the beach, but uh, I don't know, just someplace that could be anywhere. And then it's, I don't know, like a touch of timelessness, I guess. It was, so we get there and then we check in and they say, okay. And then they say, have you ridden a horse before? I said once, like 10 years ago. And then Sarah said, well, like, it's been a while, but I had horses as a kid. And then, uh, like, it was, it was so, like, we were just checking in. They say, well, how much do you weigh? Because so they can match you with the right horse. And, like, it started, like, it's weird. I have, like, this relationship with, uh, like, uh, my mind and my body and, and those things have a strange relation. I have a strange relationship with my mind and my body and my feelings. It's not a normal one, like most of my relationships. And I don't know if, like, I cra- like I use my curmudgeonly attitude to mask, because uh, like, it doesn't like, like I have anything that I was particularly nervous about. Other, I guess in being embarrassed or doing it wrong. And then the horses are pretty big. But I didn't, like, I wasn't... I didn't think I was nervous at all, other than the initial, like, like the handoff part. Like, so then they start matching everybody up with their horse, and they bring my horse over. And the young woman says, brings the horse over. And then I didn't know what the protocol, like, am I supposed to not walk near the hooves because I don't want to be hooved or anything? And I love animals. So I said, well, I like to look at this horse. Like, because the horse before it, I did not, I, I, I said, was that one of the horses that the White Walker was riding? And that horse, like, neighed at me. And I said, good, because I don't want, like I said, I don't need to be riding any White Walker horse anyway. So this horse is better for me. And this horse was a beautiful, beautiful color. Like, uh, a color really only horses can achieve. Like, maybe Tormund, like, uh, from a GOT. Kind of a reddish, a rust, uh, uh, but, but, like, with some brilliant maroons in there. And I said, hey, what's up? Like, how you doing? But then the woman who was matching me with the horse, she said something to me. I couldn't understand it. But, of course, like, I have this instinct when I can't hear something. To I said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, the horse's name is, like, Frederick or something. And she, like, like and then I, like, I said, okay, Frederick. So I should, And she said, no, the horse's name is Summer. And I don't know what she said to me first. And then she said, okay, do you know how to get out? I said, no, 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 I know, I like, I like, 
Okay, you, you didn't hear that, but I had to take a break because Koa, my dog, she was barking. And I just want to address this. Like, I think she was a little bit hurt. Uh, like, uh, when I got home, she knew something was up, like, uh, that I had been with another, uh, uh, that had been friend, really intimate and friend. I mean, not that kind of intimate. I mean, uh, whatever, agape or whatever the heck the one, pathos or whatever that you have, like, uh, that I had had that with another creature. And also, Koa's kind of like a reddish hair. I think they technically call her hair color brindle. I don't know what the heck that means, but, uh, like, she has a red, like, reddish coat a little bit, too. Though summer was way more, like, uh, like a nicer kind of red. No offense, Koa. So maybe she was, so I think she might have been demanding my attention just now because she said, you're not going to talk about that friggin' horse again. And she goes, like, what the heck, dude? Also, it's nice that the horse was named Summer because one of our moderators is named Summer. Uh, so, hi, Summer. Hopefully, you're asleep. And then Summer G uh, made a short movie about the podcast, a documentary. It's going to be at a documentary fest in New York City. And uh, she put a lot of hard work in belief uh, about the listener's belief in the show. And so that's, that's cool. Like a cool, like whatever coalescence or whatever. And so, okay. So, so the young woman was introduced me to the horse. I, I don't know what she said originally. And I said, okay, okay, Hendrick or whatever. She said, no, the horse's name is Summer. And she, she already like, uh, we didn't really get along because she was an authority figure to me, even though she was a lot younger than me. And uh, like, uh, like, then she had to give me instructions, and none, and none of these are going to go well with me. So I say, hey, Summer, how you doing? And she said, do you know how to get on the horse? They said, no. And then she said, you know, put your left foot in do the stirrup and then swing your leg over. And it, then it didn't go well after that. Like, it went, it didn't go bad. Like, so I got my left foot in, then I swung my thing over. And then I kind of like, like that's when the authority figure and instructions points kind of mix with my anxiety. So, and the fact that I was on the back of a horse, but mostly I think it's like a performance embarrassment thing. She was like, uh, she told me to do something. And I, I don't, I don't even know what she said. Like, uh, don't like pinch your feet or something or don't put your feet in the stirrups, but I couldn't hear her again. And I said, so put my feet in the stirrups. I can't get them in there. And she said, no, 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 I'll adjust the stirrups, take your feet. And they said, well, how am I going to stay on the horse without my feet in the stirrups? And then I grabbed the pommel, which I guess, at least with her, was a no, no. I said, I've seen enough cowboy movies. And she said, don't grab the pommel. And then, like, then I kind of, like, uh, then I said, oh, boy, this is, like, uh, like she, she, I felt bad for her because she was dealing with me. And I guess I should just tell I should wear a shirt, treat me with kid gloves or something, like, uh, like it, or everybody gets agitated about special snowflakes or whatever. I say I need to be treated as a special snowflake, otherwise I'll melt and wilt. Uh, you know, get embarrassed and like maybe I can't cry, but I'll like. So then I'll internalize that. So if we could, if we could get that on a shirt, that would be great. So then she says something about the stirrup, and she says, "Don't grab the pommel." And then I say, "Like I like a." I guess I was a little nervous. They said, well, I'm just supposed to sit on this uh, this saddle that people have been sitting on for thousands of years and stay upright. Now, meanwhile, Summer was just sitting there. And then eventually she adjusted the stirrups and then, like, it, but then one wasn't right. I said, well, that one's two, they're different lengths. Uh, 
and she's seen, and then she she adjusts the stirrups and she says, "You're gonna have to relax." And I said, like, she literally said it like that. And I said, "This is as relaxed." I said, "Relaxed." Uh, and she was like, "You gotta relax your legs." And I was like, uh, "Like I was just I, I was like, holy cow! Don't please don't tell me to relax." And then it's impossible. I said, "And now I can never run." I, I said, "Like this is like uh, you've just made relaxing 100 percent impossible for me." And I said, I didn't even, like, and then I said to, internally, I said, holy cow, I thought my legs were relaxed. Like, like this is all going at, like, these are neurons that can usually, they usually misfire. But now they're firing, you know, like a billion micro, micro so believe me, my legs aren't relaxed. But you know, I can't even feel my legs. Like, just like when you can't sleep, it's like, I can't, how am I going to relax my legs? But it was, what she mean, relax my legs? What does she, like, what, what? And then again, she said, okay, you just got to sit there. I guess I really wanted something to hold on to. And you do get the reins. Uh, and then she said, just hold on to the reins in the middle. And I had watched everybody else get on the horse. So I knew you just like move the reins forward for the horse to go forward, move them back uh, to go back. And again, I don't want to be involved in anything that's going to bother the animal. I'm, I love animals and also I'm on the back of this animal. So either way, whether it's like a, because I love them or because I'm in preservation mode. Like, so that seemed very neutral. Like it wasn't like, uh, you're even moving the pressure. It was just the whole motion of moving the reins. And I said, I said, I'd prefer to flick them, you know, like they do in the movies with my wrists. Uh, and then she just so stared at me like, like a man who can't relax. And then she said, to go right, you just, like, I said, just, like, just a little bit to the right and left. Uh, and then she said, no. And then she was trying to show me how to use the reins. And again, I, like, got so stressed, I think I blacked out. But she was saying something about some, some sort of sliding motion. And at that point, I, like, I was like, okay, we're, we're never good. Like I said, like, I said, this horse is just going to follow the other horses, right? Like, it, it, like, it knows what it's doing. And she said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like she, she definitely, like we, I'd worn out my welcome, I guess. Uh, he they said, I'm not, I don't understand how to slide my hand on a rein. Like I said, I can, she said, don't bunch the reins in your hands. And I said, uh, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you, it's just like the pack. Like, this is some of my life's like in real life. Uh, and she was like, no, do a sliding motion. I said, I don't know how to do, I don't understand. And. I said, just, I said, the horse is going to follow everybody, right? This horse has done this trail a thousand. And she said, yeah, you're going to be fine. And I said, yeah, I, I said, this is the hardest part, right? And then she said, okay, Summer, go ahead. And then Summer didn't do it. Of course, Summer's working. Like, it, it was like we were a comedy team. Like, uh, and she said, go ahead, Summer. And Summer just sat there. And then she said, you're going to have to, like, uh, poke it with your feet. I said, poke it with my feet. No, no. And I moved the reins forward, and Summer didn't move. And she said, go ahead, like, uh, like you know, give her a little tap with your foot. And I said, like, squeeze my legs. That was the last time I was on a horse. I just squeezed my legs, and the horse was supposed to go. It never did, but that's what they told me. And she said, no, 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 give her, just give her a little tap. Like, And I said, no, like, like, she said, come on, Summer, please get moving. And then Summer immediately started moving to the left, uh, and the people, like the, the person that was guiding the trip and everybody else was to the right. And then she said, you got to pull to the, like, I said, okay. And I kind of barely moved the reins to the right. And she said, no, no, you got to like uh, pull it to the right. 
this wasn't in any like 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 extreme way. It was just enough that some like that you would actually like have some resistance. And then, like, Summer did that. And then when Summer saw the other horse's flanks, uh, like I said, okay, Summer, just do me a favor. Just follow these horses. And I think the teen, the teen, the tween in me, at this point, like, you know, that was totally embarrassing. And my tween, like, I I don't know why I have, like, like, you got, got saddled with a lizard brain and a mammalian brain and then a tween brain. So I think a lot of it was just that I was embarrassed, like I'm embarrassed that when I'm not good at, you know, that, that there's like this bell curve or whatever, and they had to be instructed, and then I could, like, then I was, like, too. So so then we set off out of the um, corral or whatever, and then, of course, Summer stops, like, as soon as we get to the edge of the corral, Summer stops and eats, uh, starts eating a bush, and the the guy, like Summer, must have been a troublemaker because he all he he said, "Come on, Summer!" Like he had his little tone. Like like I don't think no cricket was in front of me. Sophia, my daughter, was riding cricket, and me, Summer, and I were second or third, depending on how you count it. Then the White Walker horse was behind me. Uh, I don't know the other horses' names. I don't think like fastidious. I don't know like. Uh, it wasn't paying attention, but Summer, of course, just stops right as we get to the exit and starts eating. And I said, this is what my horse did last time. Like, and then the woman or somebody else was like, you got to pull it to the side. You know, you got to guide the horse. I said, I can't even do, do dance. Is this how ballroom dancing works, too? And then, then, like, I got out of there. And then we started moving on a trail. And then Summer was, uh, Summer was like, then Summer was in, in her element for, for the most part, uh, and I honestly was still hoping. I said, okay, hopefully. I said, what is this, like a five-minute trip? Uh, like, uh, he said, this will be over soon. And then I tried to please, like, then I went into pleasing mode. I said, listen, Summer, what do you like? You want me to talk to you? You want me to pet you? And then also, I was still figuring out the whole idea of riding a horse. I said, this is strange. Like, I got nothing to hold on to. We can't touch the pommel. Like, I know that's out because I already got sh- pommel. I, it was, I, was pom- I was the first person to be pommel shamed to that day, maybe. And I, actually, I don't think I was just pommel instructed. But, of course, I felt pommel shame, which I guess is different than being pommel shamed. And I think that's an important distinction because it was just shaming for pommel shaming. When really I just had pommel shame. So then I was like, I'm not touching that pommel. I did find a way, and this may seem ridiculous, but to, to, to get my hands under the saddle and hold on that way and still hold on to the reins. And it was in contact with Summer's body, which I kind of felt good about. Like I said, okay, we're, we're uh, and I said, it took me a while because they said, okay, keep your feet in the saddle, heels down, toes up. Uh, and my body awareness isn't good. So I did, that didn't really make sense to me. And then something about having your butt down. I said, where the hell, where's, where's, where's my butt going to be? Like, uh, better be down on this saddle. Are you freaking kidding me? But I think I found, like, if I had my heels down, like, then I was down in the um, stirrups and my legs were out. And then I kind of said, well, maybe I do look a little bit like a cowboy now. Uh, but then summer started and that you just start on a little loop and it was very mellow. And we honestly, it was like five minutes. I said, okay, thank goodness. This is over already. Like, uh, great. This was great. Uh, Sophia got to ride a horse. And instead, then the person that set us up said, okay, is everybody okay? Everybody should be fine? Okay. 
now you're going to go downhill. And she said, just, you, I don't know what they said, downhill or uphill, like lean back or lean forward, but just keep your feet down and your heels up, heels down, toes up. And then we headed down into the lake of the bluffs or around like, uh, like in the hills, uh, off of, uh, over the, the beach, ocean beach or near ocean beach in San Francisco. And luckily because of the podcast, like right after, like, cause I noticed the person guiding us was doing a lot of whistling and also summer and cricket, like, uh, cricket would go slow too. Who's in front of me who looked like cricket, uh, she had beautiful, uh, uh, what do you, what do you call it? Fur? What do you, what does a horse have? Manes? Uh, I don't know. They do have a word for it that I of course forgot. Is it a coat? A beautiful black coat? Uh, cricket did have, uh, so then I said, all right, Summer, like, let's just start bonding now. Cause I'm good with the bonding parts. Uh, but it was hard getting a good place where I felt like I could pet her without, you know, and remain in the saddle. And we did have to go downhill for a while. And I said, Summer, please, like, keep your feet. And then Summer, all the other horses stayed to the side of the hill. Summer decided that we were going to be, like, extreme hiking. And Summer would go right at the edge of the trail. And even the uh, people with us, they said, we were waiting for that horse to just, uh... And I said, yeah, Summer, like, what are you doing? Can you stay to the right side of the trail, please? Yeah, but then I literally started a podcast episode. So for for about the first half of the hike or the whatever horse ride, I was singing, which I can't do on this podcast. But first I started going through songs about summer that I don't know. So I sang uh, like uh, Summer Wind, Summertime, uh, the song, then Summertime, the Will Smith song. I think that was the end of the summer. So I didn't sing Summertime Blues, but I should have. Then I sang Sunshine of My Love, uh, but I replaced all lyrics with stuff about summer. And Summer would do, Summer also, there was a lot of dust. So I think that's why Summer was neighing. It wasn't for my singing. But then I said, do you want me to just talk to you? Like, and once we were back on like land and we were going uphill, it was way easier to pat. I was trying to pat Summer's neck. You know, once I get into pleasing mode, so then after that, we started, like, I started communicating with Summer after he started, I said, so Summer, uh, like, what do you think about this trail? Is this how many times, because this was Summer's last trip, because that's why I said Summer was hungry, because, uh, so I said, well, Summer, what do you, what would you like to do? And Summer didn't answer, so I said, uh-huh, really? Like, uh, you, you like to, uh, long walk, walks on the beach? Well, fancy that, what are we doing right now? And they said, Summer, what was your favorite part about, like, uh, oh, nothing, nothing. That was your favorite part. Uh, they said, really, you know what, uh, what What I like, Summer, when you get right up by the edge and then you don't do that. That's my favorite. Do, do, do you like it when I pat you here? And they said, Summer, uh, do you mind if I talk to you about some stuff uh, like, uh, like I've been thinking about uh and I, I don't know what I was talking to the horse about, but I was talking the whole time. And people were like, uh, are you on your phone while you're horseback riding? I said, no, no, I'm talking to the horse. And that's not something I made up. It'd be a bunch of, like, we'd pass people and they'd be looking at me like, who's that guy on his phone? And he said, no, no, I'm talking to the horse and singing to it for, for preservation and uh, bonding purposes. And they said, Summer, do you, uh, I said, do you, uh, like, uh, do you have any horses you have a crush on? 
And she said, maybe. And I said, oh, okay, okay. And I said, do you ever try, do you ever hot to trot? Uh, or do you, do you use that term? Or did your mother, oh, there goes summer, so hot to trot. And she said, maybe. And I said, this sand is sure nice, huh, Summer? I said, I love what you've done with your, um, the thing that runs down the middle. Is is that your main, like, what do you call this thing down the middle, the hair down the middle? And she didn't answer. And, like, a couple times we stopped. And then Summer would, like, honestly try to get a look at me. And the other, and I don't want to brag, but the other horses would be like, uh, who is this guy? Is he the horse, is he the horse chatterer? And I, like, once I started talking, I was like, I'm not about to stop Summer. Don't worry, Summer. I'll keep talking. You keep maintaining this pace, uh, and don't do anything else, uh, and try not to get by the edge of the trail because I don't like that. But she kept doing that anyway. And he says, so Summer, what's your favorite kind of rainbow? And then she, I said, that's a trick question, Summer. I know, I was just messing with you. And they said, do you prefer a foggy day or a sunny day? And I said, well, today's, you're right, today's the perfect day. And there was fog off in the distance, but there was a sun in the sky. And I said, it was a lovely, lovely afternoon. And then, like, it was strange, like a little rainstorm came in. And then I said, how does that feel? I said, it's nice because it's getting the dust out of your face, huh, Summer? You like that or don't you? And then she braid. I don't know if she ever braid or neighed. I don't know what the difference between those two things are. And then I could never get an answer. I said, do you want me to scratch? Like, do you prefer a scratching or a padding motion or a petting motion? Or how about when I just dig my hand? You know, when we're going uphill, how do you feel about me just digging my hands into the saddle and squeezing? Don't worry, I'm not holding on tight. I mean, I am. But only tight to bond with you with my fingertips. Uh you know, so that we can bond together, Summer. And he said, Summer, do you prefer, do you go barefoot in, in the sand or do you prefer horseshoes? And we, so we took this trail down and we went down a couple of, like, uh, whatever they're called, switchbacks, uh, down into the dune area and then across some dunes and in between some dunes uh, or hills. I don't know what you call them, but south of San Francisco. And then finally we went down like a little gully or ravine and came out at the beach. And actually I could tell that it kicked up Summer's mood. Like once we got near the water, Summer liked it. Just like on the trail, she liked to be right up against where the water was washing in, but she would avoid it. And then I did take control of the reins because there was two different times there was logs on the beach, big ones. And I didn't know if Summer couldn't see them, but I was very concerned. I said, Summer, there's a log coming up, uh, and she would just head towards it. And I said, hey, Summer, there's a log coming up, by the way. And they said, okay. And then I did it. They tried doing the weak move, and Summer didn't move. So then I did hold out the rain. I think I did, like, a, 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 a squinch it up in my hands like I wasn't supposed to. But then I got Summer to go walk around the two different logs. And I was very concerned about my daughter, but the whole time she doesn't, she doesn't seem to get very many of my genes because she just seemed to be enjoying herself and looking back at me and laughing and saying, what are you doing, dad? Are you singing to that? Are you talking to the horse? Uh, and they said to, to Summer, her name is Summer and we're friends now. Kind of best friends, you know, but, but, but best friends for today. 
And they said, you know, some of this is a great ride. So then we rode down the beach and, you know, people get a kick out of it, like three normal people and one loon on a horse, uh, especially when he's singing and talking. And even the guy, he would look back at me and he was like, hmm, interest. This guy's, this guy's a character. And every once in a while I'd break back into song and I'd sing to summer and, you know, like the sunshine, I'm trying to think what other songs I sang. Um, oh, good ship lollipop. I really sang that to summer, but I rewrote the lyrics. So they were like horse and summer. Um, I don't have the rights to any of that though. Uh, but you like, if you're on horseback, those are good songs. If you, I guess if your horse summer, so it would need a two syllable name. Uh, but you know, the good ship, you know, name your horse or, uh, sunshine, your love. That's a Jimi Hendrix song or a cream song. I think Jimi Hendrix, that's how bad my brain is. They said, who do you prefer? Like, like summer, what, what kind of music are you into? And she said, she said, whatever they're playing in the freaking stable. And they said, are you a cat person or a dog person? And she said, I'm a person person. And I said, really? And she said, you know, horses can't talk to this. this is just your imagination you're having a conversation with. And I said, Summer, you're so silly. Crack me up. And I patted her neck. I never mess with the middle hair, whatever that is. Like, is that the fringe or the mane? But, uh. Because they said that seems like it would get on like that would get on Summer's nerves, not any of this other stuff. Uh, and I did wish I could reach like I didn't have the confidence to reach back and do some um, flank padding or flank rubbing. But of course, you know maybe you have to have a better relationship with the horse to be getting into that stuff. Uh, but we rode along the beach and we turned back in. And uh, went along, you know, through some more dunes. Then we went through a little patch of like, uh, of brambles and woods. I think that was like supposed to be the, ex- and, and I said, like, uh, to myself, I didn't say this out loud. I said, please, no trotting. Like, this walking pace is fine. He said, please don't let us do any trotting here. I, I'm not interested in any horse, like, any even jogging. I said, Summer, you got that? But we went through these tree, uh, trees or, or big bushes, uh, and I think Sophia called that the cave because it was like overhead and everything, and you'd have to lean. And one time my foot hit something because I wasn't really paying attention. I was too busy talking to Summer. He said, did you ever wish you were a kid, Summer? And she said, no. I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I said, well, how old are you? And Summer said, how old do I look? And I said, well, uh, you look uh, old enough to be a dream, Summer. And she said, what does that even mean? And I said, Summer, oh, like, that's usually my answer for everything with the horse. Uh, and, like, when she wouldn't, hey, it's Summer, you stop it. You're so silly. And I did start to get into it, like, like uh, at this point. Like, towards the end, I get into everything. Like, that's my thing. I said, like, like uh, so I did start to, because we were going up and downhill when we were in these switchbacks and stuff. Uh, so I kind of got used to motion. I did never get used to Summer liking to be at the edge. And then at the last couple of hills, Summer decided to, like, instead of going single file, she would try to pass all the other horses. And I said, please, Summer, uh, please, like, uh, and a couple of times I did get her to stop or slow down. 
It's just a blah, 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 blah. I think she also wanted to show off. It was like, okay, I got a new best friend. And I did really, so my brother doesn't live that far from where, and I did fantasize about taking Summer out on the road and showing up at my brother's apartment with the horse out front in, uh, like, West Portal. Like, that would have been pretty fun, like, clomping down the street. But I don't think Summer had shoes on. Like I said, she was going barefoot or um, whatever you call that, a horse, you know, bear-hoofed. And, like, uh, I don't know, petting a horse is great. Riding a horse, uh, it also, like, wears you out. It's pretty tiring because it was, like, long, and we're going up and down those hills. And, again, I I guess apparently I can't relax. And I don't think I ever relaxed my legs except when we stopped. Uh, but I did get used to the motion, and it did feel good. And and then, and then the best part, like, that I'll just tell you before we conclude is, like, uh, uh, this is something magical when you do, uh, like, that the motion stayed with me. And when I got in bed at, at bedtime, some of that horse riding motion was still there. So I was able to, when I got into my twilight space, which when wake and sleep, yeah, I was able to be in that motion. Like, that happens to me a lot when I swim in Lake Ontario or when I, like, I don't, I haven't been, uh, like, snowboarding or skiing in years, but, like, being on a chairlift also does that to me. And I'm trying to think of any other things, but, like, where the motion stays with you at night and uh, kind of dictates where the twilight and where your dreams begin. So I did dream of summer. None of this, this, these are the reasons that Cole was bothered, like major bonding. I mean, I talked to Cole a lot too. So it was like, uh, but I guess I, I did use a little bit more of a cutesy tone. I said, oh, summer. Oh, you are still. And then we saw the horse that summer had a crush on. Unfortunately, like as we got back, I did announce, I said, summer, is that the horse you were telling me about that you like? And all the horses looked at us and the people and the horses at the stables. And I said, oh, boy, sorry about that summer. I know that was a, I, I know that was a secret, but uh, I do, that is a cute horse. Holy cow. I like how the patching, whatever you call that, on the coach or whatever you call it, what you've got going, the hoof, like uh, whatever this fur-like stuff is. You know, you're not as soft as a dog, Summer, but you're pretty nice. I also did try to feel like her breathing and her heartbeat through her um, thing. I couldn't, I don't know if I could do that, but I did do some hand resting. Like, I don't know what you call that. Uh, I mean, like I talk about on the podcast, like sometimes it's good to put your hand on the back, a small someone's back. Like that's like, it's not for everybody. So make sure you ask first, but, uh, or, you know, you have a relationship with someone, but that seems to be like a comforting gesture I don't know if it's comforting, Summer, but I definitely it comforted me, like, feeling my whole palm and my fingers, like, on Summer's kind of, like, a shoulder or neck and, uh, like, the exchange of our body heat uh, and the connection with the motion of the horse. Uh, I did feel like we were one, and I guess, I honestly, I did have fun. I don't know... I just don't know, like, I just, like, I'm such an intense person, like, uh, like, if I could find a way to just start horseback riding, maybe when they get in in VR, I'd be into that. I mean, I do play a game where you ride on horseback, so I've got that down. 
but it really was a, like, it was a pleasure and it was a cool way to see and you really see out into the ocean and it was beautiful. So if you do visit the Bay Area and you're in San Francisco and you're looking for kind of something unique to do, I would think about doing that. And it was nice for my daughter. She had a blast and, uh, like she just seemed to like to, to take to a, like a sealed water or whatever you want to say. And, but I'm like, then I got to get off summer and then I got to talk to summer one-on-one eyes to eyes and confirm while summer drank, uh, I said, summer, we really had a good time together, didn't we? And summer was able to look at me and say, well, that's the strangest man that's ever ridden upon me. And I'm going to sleep and eat. And I did ask, I said, Summer, do you sleep standing up or lying down? And she de- declined to answer that question. That was after I embarrassed her with all the horses and said, Oh, that's the horse you like right there. That's the one you're in love with, right? Oh, that doesn't know about that. But so I, I don't think I'm a like totally changed person where I'm going to like go ho- like become a horseback rider. I prefer, well, I don't know, the, the saddle did end, up, it did end up being comfortable. It did support me, and I never felt, like, uh, out of place, uh, I mean, except in the world as a, you know, human. So that went well. So, yeah, I guess, like, I'd say, like, uh, like um, in 10, year, 10 years from now, maybe I'll do another horseback ride. Unless I go see Glenn's horse, uh, like, uh a scooter, his pony, or like a mule. I mean, I think I'm more suited to a mule. I mean, like, like, or maybe we're too similar. I mean, I'm definitely as stubborn as a mule. I've been called an ass. Uh, I've been said that I smell like a burrow. And like, I guess I said, like, like, if, like, I have the, um, like, I'm pony like. I've been called pony, like, pony boy. So, yeah, maybe one of those like would be better, but I don't, and I don't know what kind of horse summer was, so you can't like a, a like no idea, like a nice horse. That's what I would say. So thank you, Summer, if you're listening, Summer. I uh, really it was a pleasure riding on your back. Thanks for supporting me. Also, when we got back, then Summer stopped listening to me when all the workers were there, so everybody could see that I was not in charge of her. She started eating again and going in the wrong directions, and they had to grab her. But during the ride, she was found. You know, once she, like, uh, I think she wanted to run away with me. But, Summer, I'm, I'll miss you, and maybe I'll come see you again. Hopefully I'll recognize you, but uh can't make any promises, you know. But, like, uh, I'll say, which one's Summer? And they say, which Summer? You know, I'd say, well, the one that likes the horse with the, uh, the white, uh, with the uh, black spots on it. They say, really, Summer likes uh, Jericho or something. I say, yep. Oh, I thought Summer's name was Jericho originally. So just uh, as you kick, kick in, you know, think about that motion, that back and forth, up and down motion, almost rocking-like and gentle. Summer was so gentle behind Cricket, uh, slowly moving forward. I never paid attention if one foot was moving or two feet were moving or, or how that works. Uh, but the mechanics of a horseback ride, they carry you off in a dreamland. Good nights.